It is Wednesday night. You know what that means. It is the post-AEW Dynamite podcast here on the Wrestling Channel across all of your platforms, YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, uh, Twitch, wherever you like to consume your podcast content. We are there for you. We thank you and we welcome you. Please make sure you're subscribing to the Wrestling Channel, whichever platform that is. Leave that nice five-star review. That keeps all of us coming back and paid each and every night with you. I am Justin Labar, coming to you from Pittsburgh. PA being joined by my normal Wednesday night crew up north of the border preparing for the snow in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. He is WWE referee of 20 plus years, the one, the only, Mr. Jimmy Corderas. And down in beautiful Puerto Rico, she is the Demon Diva, Issa. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, how are we tonight? Issa first. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking, Jimmy. How are you? I'm doing well, despite the fact that we are snow covered here. But hey, you know what? It is winter in Canada. So what do you expect? Hey, you know what? Shake it off. It'll all be okay. Yeah. See, and you got the snow coming. And then here tomorrow in Pittsburgh, we're going to get like 70 degrees. So uh, and then it's going to drop back down to 36 on Friday. So oh, well. <laughs> it was 89 degrees and sunny here in Puerto Rico today. Yeah. That's yeah. all? That's it? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Slow day, Jimmy. Slow day. Oh, oh gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, as we let everybody kind of file their way in here uh, and getting their uh, finding their seats here in the podcast, again, we do appreciate everybody joining us. And as I said just a moment ago, uh, but do really encourage you, please leave a comment if you could. Uh, share the podcast with a friend, uh, whether it's this one, whether it's SmackDowns on Friday, Raw Monday, NXT on Tuesday, or, or all of them. Uh, please share, leave a comment uh, with a five-star rating, Reviews really goes a long way as we are continuing to build uh, this, this 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 entire podcast uh, channel this year. And I mean, we're only in February. It's again, it's already been a, just a, what it feels like a crazy six weeks of pro wrestling news, and we have so much more of the year to go. So looking forward to continuing our commentary and our laughs uh, that we have each and every night here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Uh, a lot to talk about here with Dynamite. This is a show, of course, we're two weeks away from Revolution. Obviously, Issa, you've been talking about the lack of um, card. Or we did get some more clarity on the card tonight. Also tonight was the – it went from big, and I think they, re, they changed the wording to important announcement from Tony Khan. We'll get to mm. that announcement uh, and how we feel about that. Uh, a lot to talk about. Uh, so we will go ahead and jump in. I do, I do already see some super chats coming in. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Antonio was the first one I saw. Uh, if you do uh, get a super chat in there, we will absolutely make sure we uh, put it up on screen and acknowledge it. But we will do it whenever we get to uh, get to get to the topic at hand that you want to discuss. So just hang with us here uh, till the end. We will be sure to talk about it. But let's kick it off here as they are making their dynamite debut in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, and they did open up. It was a hot crowd. Crowd making a lot of noise uh, at the opening uh, after the video and the pyro. And they're kicking it off with the All-Atlantic Championship and the champion defending it. Orange Cassidy up against Wheeler Yuta. Uh, the first minute or so, very just kind of t- typical Orange Cassidy. A lot of comedy, very light, very friendly. Uh, and Wheeler Yuta kind of, you know, getting, you know, Orange Cassidy getting the better of Wheeler Yuta until, uh, until we get Yuta out rolling out to the outside, and we have Claudio who comes down, and Claudio slaps Wheeler, trying to trying to get him to amp up, get him to take it seriously, and then we see a whole other side of Wheeler Yuta getting vicious with Orange Cassidy. In the end, though, it is going to be uh, Wheeler Wheeler's getting booed, getting a lot of heat, but ultimately Orange Cassidy does get the orange punch 
on Yuta, who was on his knees uh, on the mat. And that's going to be the win for Orange Cassidy. And then, of course, post-match, we do sound, uh, we do see Orange Cassidy looking for the embrace. Wheeler thinks about it, but then Claudio makes his appearance and, uh, and, and, and Wheeler Yuta scoots out of there. Uh, Jimmy, uh, mm-hmm. looks like we are moving uh, into the direction of uh, Blackpool Combat Club, maybe, or at least Claudio and Wheeler uh, just being more definitively on heels. It, it kind of feels that way. At least tonight it felt that way. Definitely, Yuta was getting booed. And uh, clearly, Orange Cassidy, you know, getting cheered. But one of the things that is kind of unclear is, is he really a heel? It's hard to tell sometimes because in a lot of times in AEW, there isn't a definitive role, whether they're classified as a babyface or a heel. It's kind of who the crowd likes this week. We're just going to go with it and 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 kind of move along. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I I know I sound like the old man saying, get off my lawn. But at the same time, I like that when there's a definitive heel and baby face. And uh, at least in some form or fashion, Yuta came across that way, at least tonight. And maybe that's the direction they're going to go for in the going forward. And and if they do, let's clearly define him as a heel and clearly define Claudio as a heel. If that's what Blackpool Combat Club is going to become, even even later on. Another member of the Blackpool Combat Club was getting a little uh, um, negative response, but we'll get to that later. Hello? Can't hear you. (laughs) But I think think he's fixing his sound issue, so I will give you my opinion on this match while Justin works with his uh, technology issues over there. Um, I didn't think this was the best thing to open the show with. And I think personally that they benefited from having a really hot crowd. Because as I'm listening, I'm like, man, the crowd is really into this, but I'm not. And I don't know if it's a booking of the All-Atlantic Championship, um, but I mean, they, they really did put in the work. And there's something about... Orange Cassidy matches that, that always does that to me. I, I don't really care for the gimmick, but when he gets in the ring, mm-hmm. he really puts in the work and he puts on some really great matches. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, it's just not what I would have opened the show with, but they deliver. Orange Cassidy continues to win. He continues this this um, championship reign, um, but it's just not storyline-wise. It just doesn't feel like... I don't feel invested in this at all. I did like the tease of whatever Claudio, whatever's going on between Claudio and Wheeler Yuta, I did find that a little bit interesting, but I was underwhelmed by them choosing this match to open the show with. How about now? We better now. There we go. Better. My my Bluetooth headphones had somehow overrid my soundboard and my microphone microphone was apparently that and not this one. So that's what I thought you were sounding like it sounded good but it didn't sound like your normal sound quality yeah and then when we, when we started recording i started getting a uh, delay feedback which that i was like this is, this is not, nothing nothing about this is right okay yeah i have um, that issue when i use my airpods too that's why i stopped using mm. them as much oh uh, um yeah I, so I, I i i kind of from what i from what i heard from you guys as i, as I was in and out here of sound check uh, i do agree it was a it was a choice to put it up front but i, I the one thing i'll take away from this is you know blackpool combat club I do feel if they don't have William Regal there, and, and even Moxley, as we'll talk about later on, Moxley even looks like he's being positioned more as the heel in his program with Paige coming up, uh, or his, his next match with Paige coming up. Um, I, 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 I like them being positioned as heels. I think Black Bull Combat Club, that, that, you know, embrace the viciousness, embrace, embrace the heel uh, side of things. So uh, that's the biggest takeaway 
that I would uh, I would I would get out of this one again. See the super chats come in very much. Um, this one, I guess, because we are talking about right now, we'll bring it up. Tina Miller, a good friend of ours, saying, love y'all. Jimmy is right about heels and faces. I don't know who I'm supposed to cheer for with Mox and Hangman. Still missing Eddie K. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Tina. I thought Eddie Kingston was incredible at this weekend's uh, Battle at the Valley. His <laughs> match with Jay White, and, and I thought that made some buzz. I'm surprised that they're still choosing to keep him off TV. But I agree with you. It's very confusing. And it's not just a heels and faces kind of thing. It's just a lack of storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I agree. I think um, that's as a whole that's kind of the thing that that that's kind of the issue we 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 look across the board is that you know there's there's they have no shortage of talent obviously that's, that's kind of the joke is how bloated the rosters mm-hmm. there's no shortage of talent um and they obviously are committed to trying to get talent feature which is fine but sometimes you sacrifice the extra few minutes that it could take just to give us some extra details extra context or as jimmy would say let it breathe don't 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 shove too many pounds in the in the bag uh all for the sake of just so we can just get this person trotted out there or, or, or the, you know, the uh, abundance of uh, post-match right. beatdowns. Yeah. The choosing of the breathing, uh, or the choosing mm. of the commercial breaks tonight was also, also questionable mm. to Jimmy's point. There was a lot of moments that I, that I feel like I wish I would have had a moment to kind of process and it kept going. And then there was some commercial breaks that I was like, why are we going to commercial right now? Mm. I wish that would time that a little bit differently. Especially in this first hour, the first hour felt like they were, yes. th- that they were, um, I, I hate to say it again, you, but you already mentioned how many pounds of, you know, what, in a what bag. <laughs> Just say 20 and 10. We'll all know what you're 20 and 20 and 10. Hey, oh, I, I love, love that. that. That could be our inside oh, joke now. That, that's, that's the new hashtag 20 and 10. <laughs> 20 and 10 zipping darts at the wall. I love it. Um, all right, moving on. Well, this story has been, this is a story that has been going on for a while, but while there's a story there, uh, there is some, depending on how you look at it, maybe some, some, some convoluted aspects to it, but we'll let you decide. Ricky Starks comes out uh, doing a promo in the ring. Uh, you know, he has his open contract, uh, that he, you know, f- f- you know, that he wants to for Jericho, but you know, he's done with Jericho and let's just move. Let's have somebody else come out, open challenge. Well, Jericho comes out, says they're only done when he says they're done. He says Starks is not at his level, you know, so go on with your stupid open challenge. And here comes Peter Avalon who Jericho quickly knocks out. Peter Avalon, mm-hmm. uh, gets in the ring. Um, and Starks then proceeds to say, "Look, you know, Jericho, you're you're one of the best. Why do you need JAS? Why do you need these guys to? Yeah, that's that's the only way you're going to win is you're just going to constantly bring these guys out, and have them jump me. Uh, and finally, after some psych, some 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 tricking, some trolling, reverse some psychology some reverse psychology, <laughs> uh, Ricky Starks uh, gets Jericho to agree to do to a match with the stipulation that no JAS will be at ringside. Uh, Jericho even gets a big pop for the pen click." Um, dating back to his days of the list, and so it is official. Jericho versus Ricky Starks. Uh, I, I thought this was entertaining, Issa, but I also would have to kind of like. I mean, I, I, like this—it's kind of weird. There's this gauntlet for there's this gauntlet for Ricky Starks to 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 to, to, to f- get to with Jericho after he'd already beat Jericho, and then mm-hmm. and then the need for reverse psychology. I don't know. Was it? Was it too much of a reach, or could they just been a little more simplified to this? Or like, was it entertaining that like Jericho at the end said nobody can outsmart the Ocho, and then Ricky Starks which he got outsmarted, right? I yeah. mean, I don't know. I guess depending on how you look mm-hmm. at it. So there was a part of me that wish we would have not seen their prior match and the stupid gauntlet match because I really did like 
what Ricky Starks did here tonight with Jericho. And I'm going to choose to suspend or, or forget or men in black myself with a little flashlight and forget about everything <laughs> that happened prior to tonight because I really, really liked Ricky Starks here and the manipulation that went on and how Jericho fell for it. Even, uh, I talk about storytelling, even the little smirk with the wink that Ricky Starks did at the end was perfectly done. But um, I have been critical, and you mentioned that a little bit ago, of the lack of buildup and the buildup that we do get is rematches. And this is going to be yet another rematch. Here's to hoping that we see a big win from Starks at a pay-per-view that maybe it'll make all of this worth it. Mm. Uh, but I, I personally really, really liked this. And, and I did think there was a story storytelling here. I thought that Ricky Starks came out looking great. Jericho, the pen click, I thought I, I popped for it myself. I thought it was I thought this was a very well done segment. I just wish the history before this moment had not happened. Yeah, when uh, Ricky Starks was making those uh, facial expressions to the camera, I was like, oh, this is just uh, Jeff King material right here. This is going to be all over Twitter yeah. soon. Uh, Jimmy, um, I I'm never going to complain about having Jericho in a match on a pay-per-view and especially, especially not against one of the uh, young rising stars that AEW has uh, mm -hmm. shined a light on, uh, who is a homegrown talent, for lack of a better term. Um, but I think, as we all agree, I mean, Starks has already beat him, so it's it is kind of it's it's almost like just forget about all that and like let's just have this be the one match that they do. Nonetheless, it is what it is. No outside interference. Uh, the no outside interference. Do you think is this the start of Jericho? Maybe do they start to turn Jericho? Is this the start of getting him away from being part of a stable, which he has been in one since the inception of AEW Dynamite? It very may well, very may well be, if I could spit that out in proper English. Um, yeah, you know what? Jericho has that ability to turn from heel to babyface on in, in, in like a flip of the switch, especially now, his entrance music. Right now, during his entrance, as everyone knows, people sing along. They love to sing along to his song. And, and he's able to turn that once the music stops and become the heel and have everybody against him. So maybe this is a start to where the Jericho Appreciation Society starts to turn on him. Then they don't view him as the leader they thought he was. And either, uh, you know, they uh, become the heels or maybe they become baby faces by leaving him. Either way, Jericho can make it work. The only thing I didn't like about this segment tonight though, if I may. Yes, I did like the manipulation factor by Ricky Starks, but at the same time, I wish it would have been a little more uh, pronounced, for lack of a better term. I wish he would have, when Jericho, you know, grabbed the paper to uh, to sign it, you know, maybe have a Ricky Starks go grab it away from him and say, no, mm -hmm. I already beat you. Yeah. I don't need you. And you don't, what, you think because you're Chris Jericho, you should be on every pay-per-view that this company puts on come on man and have jericho actually you know and and as jericho signing it then you can get that smirk from ricky yeah you know it worked yeah, yeah I, that's actually a good point i know i agree i think uh i i didn't I, I didn't i couldn't i didn't write that down but i, I but you articulating that i think i felt something of that i just I couldn't bring it up i agree make it a little bit more bold and it, it makes the comedy even funnier uh maybe even to the point where jericho is saying all the things that he would do but oh i don't have a pen have Ricky pull out a pen, but then say, oh, but yeah, you don't want to do this and throw the pen away. And yeah. all right, get somebody else out here to the point of where Jericho's almost begging, the point of where Jericho's all of a sudden he finds that he does have a pen. And he's right, you right. know, and yeah. I, I agree. I think there could have been, they could have gone the extra just, mile. Just, yeah. just a little, just a little, a little tweak here there just to, sure. you know, that's it. Sure. Yeah, but I will say I did 
feel there was a little bit of damage control based on what they did with that gauntlet match, which I think I personally felt they did nothing for Ricky Starks. I did see a little bit of momentum coming back to his end with this segment tonight. So Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho. It's another one you can write down for Revolution coming up in just a few weeks. Uh, and again, no JAS allowed at ringside. So uh, the booking of that finish will certainly be one to watch to see mm-hmm. where Ricky Starks goes next. And of course, uh, does Chris Jericho remain in a stable or like we maybe speculated, does he start to uh, take a turn? Right. Some tag match up next. We get Lee Moriarty and Big Bill out there with Stokely Hathaway up against the acclaim. This is another one where there was a, a just Jif King coming out of it, a Big Bill with some of his close-ups mocking the scissor me uh, daddy chants uh, and, and, and hand gestures. Uh, the gun club is also out there. At one point, they do attack their father before running off. Uh, this is all kinds of distraction and moving parts. Ultimately, though, Max Caster is going to hit the elbow drop from the top rope. Acclaimed, get the victory. Uh, the Acclaimed, of course, they're going to be part of this four-way tag team match at Revolution, uh, trying to get their titles back. They decided this is how they're going to do the rematch, even though the odds are stacked against them to win it uh, and by that math. But uh, the Acclaimed still, titles or no titles, uh, Jimmy, they are the most over-like Rover tag team that, um, that AEW has. No, absolutely. And that goes to, to that speaks volumes in the sense that do they actually need the tag team titles at this point? So for right now, they don't. And that's it's a perfect time to have them, you know, face other tag teams and get into other storylines, so to speak. Uh, the, the one thing about this tag match, I didn't think that Big Bill came out looking too good after this one. Here's a guy that should look more dominant. And I don't mind big guys selling it's good when big guys sell when they sell properly. I just think uh, he was made to look a little weak tonight. Uh, just in my opinion. Well, I mean, I think big bill Issa, whether it's when he made his one-off appearance as W Morrissey is, is one of the, one of the hired guns for MGF, I think against Wardlow, whether, I mean, just in general, big bill and that for that matter, most people that are above the height of six foot five, uh, Tony Khan just kind of has some kind of Napoleon complex reverse, trolling to where he doesn't want to let them i mean lance, lance archer you know he was tweeting the other day he hasn't been on he hasn't wrestled however, however many days and it's not by his choice and uh you know like i don't know what it is with with the aversion to letting tall guys look consistently strong yeah it's like that played opposite day from wwe where we know wwe is known for just loving these big tall guys that are larger than life and it's almost like tony Khan is just on a mission to just be complete opposite of what wwe does you know with their big guys i can't believe you didn't mention the rap because the acclaim had a great rap tonight including the s-a-w-f-t line i thought it was great i i i i haven't I've been hot and cold on the raps recently, but I thought tonight's was a really, really good one. But I agree. I don't know that I like how Big Bill... I hate the name Big Bill. Let's just start with that. I can't buy it. I can't get behind it. Big Bill is just not it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a match that was there. <laughs> well, but, yeah, but to, real quick, to the if we're going to go down the lane of Big Bill's name, <laughs> okay. I'm okay with it. I mean, because like, I'm okay with it just if, if, since his real name is William, is Bill, and like I'm sure all of his life he's had guys call him big bill or whatever so you know if you can't if you can't use big Cass, um and if he doesn't want to use Cas xl which he did some on the indies if, 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 right if, you know i mean i guess big again it has big so it's, it's take on big Cass, but it's it's his real name so i don't know i mean it just just let just let big, i guess just, it, he, he really can't use yeah. big will isn't that taken by will smith <laughs> probably 
so, I mean, but, but here's the thing: just treat Big Bill as if he is Big Bill. Don't. I mean, the, the one, at least they didn't have him pick the pin tonight. They at least let Lee Moriarty take the pin. Right, right. Which is what right. I, I agree with. I agree with. I yeah. didn't want to see him get pinned here. True. Yeah. Very true. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, the, again, Big Bill is one I certainly don't think he needs to be the heavy hitter in a faction that is. Coming in on again, off again, whether on their appearances on Dynamite, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's a whole other conversation. That's when I say that, then I have to remind myself when I look at the show, this is a company in a show that has Miro signed to a full time contract, and he has not been on mm-hmm. Dynamite since September. And for the reasoning of supposedly creative, has nothing for him. Wow. Mm-hmm. All access wears Miro coming soon after Dynamite. Ah. Oh, don't get ahead of us. <laughs> Yeah. Don't get ahead of us. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. So you 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 laid it right there for me, Justin. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh Tony Schiavone at the top of the stage. He's uh introduces Christian Cage before before Christian can even get to the microphone. He's sideswiped by Jungle Boy who attacks him. And then Jungle Boy brings out two chairs and is teasing a concerto, but Jungle Boy, he's such a good jungle boy. He's got such uh morals and ethics, he's hesitating too long if he can pull the trigger. He hesitates too long, and Christian Cage, the wily heel veteran, low blows him, and then Christian Cage proceeds to take Jungle Boy and rams his head repeatedly until it busts open on this steel chair. The entire arena is at a at the top of their lungs, booing Christian Cage. Maybe one of the best displays of getting heat in just in, in literally a thirty second uh, sequence here, Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about definitive heels and baby faces. There's your definitive heel and baby face. And obviously that match looks like it's taking place at the pay-per-view at Revolution. And and that's one I'm looking forward to because there is clearly a, uh, someone who gains sympathy in this. You know, uh, as a baby face, Jungle Boy got sympathy for getting outsmarted. Maybe he looked a little soft by hesitating. But now maybe going forward, this is a, this is something that lit the switch or, or, you know, lit a fire under him now that where he, you know, jumps into another gear to go after Christian, but Christian is a master at getting heat. It, 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 both personally and professionally. <laughs> Issa, heat, heat, heat here. Oh, I love this. I love this. I don't understand why the crowd will boo because he, he earned it. He hesitated. You've been dealing with Christian for a long time now. You should know what kind of person you're dealing with. There is no time to hesitate with this guy. Um, the, the beatdown was brutal. And I feel like due to injuries, John... Jungle- she froze. She froze. She froze. Um, yeah, I, I will agree. It was, uh, I mean, it, I don't know if it makes Jungle Boy look foolish necessarily, but uh, he's just it's just the baby face on him. He's he's gonna stop and think, uh, before he you know, before he before he stoops himself to that level, so to speak. But right, uh, right. yeah, this this was a this, this was the goes, but I hated that he oh, you see, you're, you're, you're frozen on us, yeah, you're frozen. Um, I'll let her I'll let her reset. But I mean, this yeah. was probably the surprise for me. Uh, out of mm-hmm. the things they advertised for tonight, I did not expect this to be this this to be uh, the few minutes that would get maybe the most emotional reaction out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, was this so, uh, Christian Jungle Boy? I- I'll be really I'll be really interested to see what this how how they put this together um, mm-hmm. in terms of what this does for each of their careers. Jungle Boy, of course, who's kind of made it. Um, 
you know, made it known that, that he wants to do things solo this year. He doesn't, he's already right. done the tag team. He's been there, done that. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, that'll be something to watch to see you know, how, to, how you know, I assume the jungle boy would get a victory. If, if you're trying to have him, if you're trying to have him push for a single, a good singles run in the career, uh, in his career this year, I would think a win against Christian would be in order. Um, right. but as always with, uh, with AEW, you got to wait and see how they, how they pull it off. Welcome back, Isa. Yes. I apologize. I blame my dog for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> At least you got someone to blame. <laughs> yeah, I was, True. I was just, I was just gonna say, I'm very excited, and I, and I actually thought this was a very efficient segment to continue the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did they? I can't remember. Did they officially say is this one of the matches for Revolution, or did we not get that confirmation? Not confirmed yet. No, not. Not yet, but it, it definitely feels it. That's it it feels it, but then later in the night they did a, they did with the graphics they ran down the card, and I don't remember seeing it. So I wonder if they are stringing this out. I mean, this very well yeah. again. You can only put so much of revolution because you've already got one hour devoted to one match. That alone. So uh, I would be okay if they don't if they don't don't rush this for the sake of rushing it just mm-hmm. to get it on the card. Uh, let it be what what anchors and main events of dynamite one week if right. if, if, if if you'd like that. So I'm I'm all for that. Absolutely. Uh, we do get a quick video package that has uh, shows us again Wardlow's comments last week in a sit-down mm-hmm. interview with Jim Ross. It gets a little bit of response from Samoa Joe, who basically doesn't have time for sentiments and emotion. Uh, but that, but he did what he did, and uh, we did get confirmation that Wardlow versus Samoa Joe will take place at Revolution. So, um, and all three of us will be watching that closely, given mm-hmm. the track record of, of what's going down between those two men yeah. in the last few months. Curious to see where that one leads. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, do I just pick right back up and get the TNT title back to <laughs> back to Wardlow, right. uh, who, who I think was injured uh, for some time there? We mm-hmm. shall see. All right, this is a surprise. We're not even out of the first hour. We're going to get the women's singles match here. We're going to get Soraya. Three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row that the women are at a different time slot. So I give them all mm-hmm. the credit for that. Yeah. Soraya versus Sky Blue. Um not the tightest or neatest. It, it is what it is. <laughs> Tony Storm is out there. She does cause some distraction which, uh, during the pinfall that Sky Blue has on Soraya. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, though, Soraya is going to win with a submission. Then Jamie Hayter and Britt are going to run off Soraya and Tony, who get ready to do the spray paint gimmick again. Uh, Soraya and Tony are running out there. Then Ruby Soho comes out. Whose side is Ruby on? Ruby tells Soraya and Tony to step aside, and she starts signaling that she wants that title bout. Now, later on, we'd hear from Jamie Hayter at backstage. And Jamie Hader would basically say, you know what? Bring on both you bitches, Ruby and Soraya. I'll take both of you on, and I'll beat both of you at the same time and defend my title at Revolution. Issa, I'm all for a fighting champion, but I do always have to question when a babyface intentionally puts themselves in a triple threat situation, a situation where they could lose a title without even being pinned. Same, same. I thought the same thing. And I also, I mean, I am a little glad that it's a triple threat because I don't want to see Ruby Soho take another pin. If she's not winning the title here, I don't think she should be losing again because she's had so many title opportunities. Uh, But yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't know that that is the smartest thing to do. People should be coming after you and you should be making them work for it. And I get it. It's the the brave baby face. I'm not afraid of anybody. But in my opinion, Mm -hmm. you should be making people Yeah, uh, Jimmy, I, I, again, you're, as the ref who's in there and has to yeah. uh, navigate this uh, mm-hmm. this wild situation uh, of, the, of, the, of the champion can lose the title without even being present in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of this? Jamie Hayter is obviously very over uh, as a babyface. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that she can stand there next to Britt and can 
can can be the one that does all the mic time and Britt just stands there or not. I mean, that, that's that's pretty impressive uh, if, if you consider how over Britt is. But what do you make of Jamie Hayter making this a triple threat? No, it's I, I, I'm kind of okay with it because it shows that she's not afraid of anything. But like you said, at the same time, it doesn't doesn't look very intelligent. Let's put it that way, where you put yourself in a position where you can lose a championship without being pinned. That's the, that's the biggest thing, like you guys already mentioned. But uh, uh, from a, a, a babyface being brave standpoint, yes, I get it. You're trying to show that, hey, bring on all comers, bring on all content. I'll take you all on. I'll even take you all on at the same time. But again, from a from a logic standpoint, in in a little, it doesn't kind of make sense. Uh, let's do a few super chats. Why don't we? Let's do Terry Allen Jr. Uh, AEW should travel in Hawaii elegance setting. Uh, Saying so do a show in Hawaii. Um, I guess. Or I love just hang out there. <laughs> I love I love Hawaii. It's one of my favorite yep. places to, mm-hmm. to be. So uh, uh, can't go going there. Yeah, can't go can't go wrong there. Uh, John Jordan, uh, five dollars. Thank you, John. Saying happy Hump Day, fam. Anyone keeping a scorecard as to whether or not AEW has ever had a show in which it didn't invoke? some sort of wwe reference uh, that would be an interesting piece, piece of research for somebody who has more time on their hands mm-hmm. uh i got i mean tonight yeah, william regal's name was mentioned and mm-hmm. uh i think even ricky starks if you want to count this uh he even said to jericho you know you once beat two of the best in one night which is something jericho famously would always tout in wwe that he beat mm-hmm. stone cold the pen click the pen click was the a pen WWE click reference. uh mm-hmm. Yeah. S-A-W-F-T, W-W-F-T. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess I guess there's so many of them just come through. I just accept them. I just kind of, yeah. you know. But look, I'll say this. I I mean, look, I mean, again, WWE's been around for as long as they have. I mean, I guess it's hard maybe sometimes to not. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Is what it is, but but John, that's if John, if you can, uh, if you ever do your research, if you go back and, and and can document each Wednesday and let us know, I I that'd be something I'd be happy to help. help Don't help act you like WWE is not petty about it either. They made references to the mm. whole Ariel Hawani situation this week. Yeah. WWE does it as well. Oh, they do, but they they don't let it dominate. That 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 was more like uh, not taking a shot. It was more of a rib than anything. I think, anyways, just uh, somebody's funny idea of a joke. Um, I'm sure we haven't heard the last of that situation, by the way. No, probably not. Probably not. But that, that first hour, I, I tell you what, you talk about 20 and 10. That first hour is definitely that. 20 and 10. Uh, well, we get some more WWE. We get some yes chance. Uh, but that's just that's just going to follow Brian Danielson around no matter where he's at. Mm-hmm. Brian Danielson comes to the ring, and he's just kind of sarcastically highlighting how MJF says he hates me, but then noting 
all the violent and and and, and mm-hmm. cruel things that that uh, MJF has done. MJF then comes out real fired up, tells a story about how he had the love of his life and was going to marry her, have a family with her, and then she left him. So she has nothing. He's unlovable. All he has is that world title. That's all he has. That's all he trusts. And he says that this whole situation just pisses him off because he looks at Brian Danison and Brian Danison takes his uh, takes everything for granted. Brian Danison has a wonderful family and wife and kids, but yet every time Brian steps into that ring, he is risking his health and his life. He's risking it. He's risking he's, he's time away from his family, all because he's so selfish and can't get out of the spotlight. Uh, inside of a pro wrestling ring. MJF then addresses the camera and addresses Brian's kids and begins to speak to his kids saying how I'm going to, for one hour, I'm going to cripple daddy to the point where they can't hold you or play with you anymore. No surprise here. The two come to blows in the ring. Eventually, uh, the security and refs come out to try to separate them. The whole pull apart. Uh, uh, But the the final shot before they, they duck away from the segment was... Uh, MJF slides out towards the timekeeper's table and Brian slides out as well and does a running start on two sides of the ring and just blasts MJF with a running forearm. Uh, looked brutal. I mean, I mean, it really looked like he just laid it in there and, and yeah. he did. Um, so I, I thought these two brought it hard, more work on the mic. We finally see them come to blows physically. Uh, Issa, we can say what we want to say about the Revolution card and, and how long it's taken them to... Uh, develop it and how developed are some of the other storylines, but this show is clearly anchored by the one-hour Ironman match between these two, and this is the hottest story AEW's got going. Yeah, but I feel like we've been building this for like five weeks now because of all the matches that Brian had. I thought tonight was the best that they've done so far. This is the MJF that we all love mm-hmm. to hate or hate to hate, however you feel about him. This is what I needed for him. And that's what I was telling you. This felt different than that weird car accident promo. This was DNJF. He felt like the guy that we all really, really enjoy on the mic tonight. He got awkward. He got uncomfortable. He got a little like, I don't know if I should be clapping. Even the crowd. You could see it in the crowd reaction where they were like, I don't know how to feel about this, but okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I thought the, the way he looked at the camera, addressed the kids, the way that he really brought in Brian's known health issues. I I am as invested as it gets, and all it took was tonight, not the last six weeks. What they did tonight is what really has me looking forward to this match at Revolution. Yeah, Jimmy, mm-hmm. uh, to the point of what they did tonight, also, I mean, MJF, he really, I mean, he's so authentic. He's so in your face. We've talked about it at length. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't break character, even out in public or on social. He's, he's MJF. Uh, uh, yeah, even tonight he had a comment about how, you know, how that, that world title is all he has. That world title is all that keeps him from just popping a, a load of pills and, mm-hmm. and basically made a suicide in a reference. That's um, when he got uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, if the boss okays it, assuming that he ran this promo line by the boss, mm-hmm. by Tony Khan, if the boss okays it, is that moment of feeling a little uncomfortable like that, is that okay? Is that, I mean, is that what we're supposed to do, full emotion, or is that, or, or are we taking a cheap route? Because that was my only thing. The whole promo was very good. That was the one thing, and I saw it on social, too, that some people mm-hmm. got a little offended that he use that as a piece of ammo i know and 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 that's the big question here that i know people there there were some people that were kind of offended by it there's some people that were taken a little aback by it and some were saying "Ooh, i don't know if that was the proper setting for that and uh you know um my wife was here during that and heard that and she said oh that's not going to get over too well with uh, a lot of the audience and you know the diehards 
wrestling fans that that they cater to they pretty much buy into everything that that mjf does as a heel and says and they just want to boo it but that one line maybe you know i don't want to sound again sound like the the old man and and you know but it just there was that uncomfortable feeling when it came out yeah, yeah. It, 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 it did get uncomfortable. 988, yeah. by the way, in case anybody needs that number, that's the number to call if you're ever struggling. Yeah, and, uh, you know, other than that, the intensity of the promo was amazing. Seeing that, it, I, you know, we've seen an intense MJF before, but tonight it felt like a different level. Yeah. You know, take, take that one line out, and it was masterful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem. You know, again, I know he referenced William Regal's past problems. I don't mind him doing that because William Regal's even mentioned his problems before. So, but I mean, yeah. But overall, this, but that that line aside, and and as he said, if, on a serious note, if anybody ever has their their help resources out there, if anybody ever needs them, uh, but that line aside, this was overall. I mean, so much emotion came out of this, and uh, I mean, this, yeah, I I, I kind of agree. Issa, you said something similar to this. I, you, you don't even have to give me all these matches. I mean, yeah, it's great to see Brian and and, and Dynamite every week in the ring, but you didn't have to do this over played gauntlet thing here you could have literally just had each of them cutting promos independently for the last few weeks and then this finally be the night that they both are face to face in the you know in the arena with each other and i mean this 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 sells the pay-per-view far more than mjf paying roosh or paying whomever else he's tried to pay to to stop brian dennis and this really uh i think uh you know probably convinced some people to to hit buy uh, on this pay-per-view here in a few weeks. Uh, and I, I, I'll tell you what, I think, I, Jimmy, I, uh, in just a second, I think I don't see MJF losing the title. I really don't. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I could also see a case of Brian Danielson has not been AEW world champion. And I could see a case of, uh, I could see a case of why you think maybe that would be good for business to have him uh, as your champ. So I am genuinely intrigued of how they book the finish of this. I am too. And that's the main thing. And, and I, I say it on here. So ad nauseum, talk me into wanting to see this. And that's what they did tonight. They talked me into wanting to see it. Uh, I, I want to see it anyway, but now they've, they've got me intrigued. And to your point, Justin, you can make a case for either guy going over in this match and winning the title and it being the right decision. Yeah. It's now it's just a matter of wh- whoever goes over in this match, where do they go afterwards? What's the story after that? And both men are good enough that you can have a good story following up on this. Yeah. Uh, just a reminder again, uh, if uh, for any of you guys have just joined us at any point, uh, again, please leave a five-star rating uh, wherever you may be watching or listening to this podcast live or archive. Five-star rating for the channel. We greatly appreciate that. There's a lot of things for the channel's credibility and as we're trying to build sponsorships and, and bigger relationships that hope to unfold. So please five-star rating, leave a comment. If you like uh, share it, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And of course, as always tweet us uh, any of us or all of us uh, at where in the world you are, when you are watching or listening to this podcast, what are you doing uh, in your daily life and your travels? Love to hear how the wrestling podcast is applying to your daily life. All right. Tag team battle Royale, 10, 10 teams. Uh, in this thing, mm-hmm. 10 teams, 20 men, both members of a tag team have to be eliminated for that tag team to be officially out of it. For those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how I'm explaining the rules and he's a sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no problems with her mic tonight. Uh, <laughs> real quick. Uh, at the I thought I was muted. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were not. 
nope, you were not. <laughs> Mark Briscoe makes a quick appearance at one point. He's fighting off Josh Woods. They've got some uh, history that's been brewing over uh, on Dynamite and Rampage the last few weeks, so mm-hmm. that's there to note. Uh, you know, protected better where they go to picture in picture. It's a lot of guys. I mean, it, well, it's 20 guys, but, you know, you're, and you're doing, you know, they're blocking the hard can, whatever, whatever. It's a lot of mm-hmm. things going on. Mm-hmm. I got to give this shout out. If you didn't see this match, go back to this one particular spot. Ray Phoenix, uh, I think it was to eliminate Roosh, I think. Uh, Roosh is on the apron. Ray Phoenix starts on the top rope in the corner and proceeds to run on the top rope, does a tightrope run to then kick Roosh and eliminate him. Uh, It's a risky spot because if he he misses it, then he just looks like an idiot and they both Mm -hmm. just kind of whatever. But he pulled it off. Just phenomenal. Really great showing of athleticism and agility. Go check that out if, if you'd like. That, I, that's mm-hmm. just incredible. Uh, so Ray Phoenix shining and Phoenix. Uh, Taz couldn't get over the, using that play on the words after he discovered it. Um, then we come down to Trent, uh, the final three, Trent, then with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. Jarrett and Lethal, both members of their team, the only the only, the only mm-hmm. two members of one team left. Um, we see uh, Orange Cassidy pop out. He makes an assist, saving Trent's feet from hitting the floor. But then Sodom Singh does the same thing to Jeff Jarrett. Ultimately, Jeff Jarrett's going to hit the stroke, and he's going to eliminate Trent. So now we know three of the four teams. We're going to have, of course, the Gun Club, the Acclaimed, and then Jeff Jarrett and uh, Jay Lethal. Uh, we will find out the fourth team next Wednesday in this fatal four-way tag team match for the AEW Tag Team titles. Issa, do you love Tag Team Battle Royals? No, no, because until we get to where there's only a few people left, that's when they become more visually appealing. The beginning just always feels like such a cluster and you just can't keep track of what's going on. It's, it's very difficult to walk, to watch, I'm sorry, at first. Once we get down to a couple of teams, uh, there's, I mean, there was no announcements. It just kind of just started and you have to kind of like be paying attention to see what all the teams that are in it are. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very happy with the beginning. There were some incredible spots. I love the Mark Briscoe appearance here. Uh, I called the ending from from a mile away. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they did some incredible spots, but I do find them, not just tag teams. The way that they do their battle royals can be very difficult to watch at times, at least the first. Until we get down to like four people, it's, it's very hard to watch. Uh, Jimmy, the part that I know, there's two things I noticed in, in, with their battle royal. We, 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 we always say anyways on, on normal one-on-one matches that we question um, quality control and producers or lack thereof and what have you. Uh, mm-hmm. The two things I noticed in the Battle Royal, that were, one, it's like, all right, guys, I know there's only so much ring real estate, but it should be an obvious, like, just note. Nobody stands towards the ropes, towards the side of the ring where the hard camera is, blocking the, you know, right in the middle, mm-hmm. when there's then obviously a, clearly a big spot going on in the middle of the ring. Like, we got to, I think there's going to be a little bit more awareness to that. And then when they had stuff with Dan Housen and there was stuff going on outside and they got, they got to be a little bit like cameras were trying to catch everything and directors was behind the cut. It, that got a little bit too much. Um, mm-hmm. That said, yeah. I actually, it's a lot of people. I do agree, but I do think the concept of putting tag teams in battle Royal is interesting. Um, I, but I, yeah, I just, from mm-hmm. a visual standpoint, they got to, they got to tighten the screws up because they're, they're, it, it is kind of all over the place for, uh, right. for a, a portion of time. No, like you said, it's 10 teams means 20 guys are in the ring at the same time. And if everybody's doing something at the same time, then who do you concentrate on? That's the hardest thing. And like you said, Justin, from a production standpoint, you know, 
that's one thing that was stressed to a lot of people in the, when, you know, and, and I hate to compare it to WWE, because, but because they've been in the television business for a long time now. And a lot of people talk about that AEW has only been in for what, three years now? Has it been three or is this is the fourth year? Four? Three years. We're going to four. Mm-hmm. We're going into four. But still, the honeymoon phase is over. Yeah. It's time now to get down to business. You know, three years is plenty of time to learn how to use your hard cameras and how to how talent should be aware of positioning in the ring with regards to the hard camera and the handheld cameras at ringside. It, it, it's it's it, you know people say, well, who cares about that sort of stuff? It matters when you're producing a television show. Let's yeah, and, let, and let's let's be real here. We don't we don't harp on the on Dynamite's numbers week to week. We just kind of focus on Dynamite itself, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they are continuing to slide. Yes. You know, if 900,000, then down to 800,000, uh, then they're, you know, key demo sliding. I mean, it's so at some point you have to acknowledge that, yes, you might have a very loud and vocal hardcore base, but at some point you have to acknowledge we're, we're losing, we're losing casual onlookers. Yeah. And to Why? your point, uh, not only is there a lot of people in the ring because it's a tag team battle royal, but then you had all this stuff going on on the outside. It was just very convoluted at times, and it's hard mm-hmm. to just keep track of what you're supposed to watch and pay yeah. attention to. Which and look, yeah. extra stuff is fine. I'm not. I have no problem with that. And, and even even the, in the Danhausen, um, you know, cursing both. Whatever, like that stuff's all fine. But this is where you have to. Everybody has to get in a room, and you have to really mm-hmm. communicate that. So that way, it's okay. When it comes to this point, everybody else just gets into stealth mode. Make yourself invisible. You don't do anything big. You know, you can fight and struggle with your opponent in the corners. That way to a live audience, it doesn't look like you're standing around. But basically, you need to be out of sight so the camera can focus on just this. And, like, basically, you just do the match in, in little mini segments. Um, mm-hmm. But instead, they just kind of, they're all doing the same thing. Again, it goes back to that. I don't know if they, I, I don't know if they, I think the people that are just doing the things with the people that they're doing, they communicate just to them. They don't tell the rest of the room, the rest mm-hmm. of the match, hey, we're doing this. Oh, you're doing this at the same time. Well, we should probably figure out a way to space that out, and that's right. You know, I don't think there's a lot of communication there, and a lot of communication between what's going on in other matches. Like, yeah. you know, is hey, is anybody else doing this in their match? Right, right. <clears throat> All right, so uh, we got three of the four teams for the tag team battle royal. Fourth team next Wednesday, as mentioned. Mm-hmm. All right, so we now get the uh, Tony Khan has got an important announcement, and we go backstage to Renee <clears throat> Paquette with Tony Khan. Tony then he just. <laughs> Steps aside and tosses it to Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. Adam Cole uh, comes in, and Adam Cole basically says that uh, in uh, the month of March, each week for one hour after Dynamite, there's going to be a weekly kind of like reality show, behind the scenes kind of show. It's going to be called AEW uh, All Access. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're going to get to see the talent, you're going to see the product, you're just going to kind of see everything uh, then behind the scenes, their own reality show. Uh, and then Adam also does mention that on the same night, that's whatever Wednesday this is going to premiere because they didn't actually give the day i don't believe but whatever night it premieres that episode of dynamite adam cole is going to make his in-ring return uh his first since early last summer so good news with adam cole of course um jimmy your reaction to the reality show i mean i my, my initial thing is i mean i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna go into that should, should is this a big announcement should whatever tony does the what he what he's gonna do but um i mean it's more it's one more hour on tv each week i guess so mm-hmm. i do find there's a, there's an irony to the fact that this the company, yeah. there's an irony to the fact that the company th- th- there's there's jokes on social about how much it's like a soap opera reality show going on behind the scenes with some of the things that have happened and mm-hmm. now we're filming a reality show well hopefully it, you know when you say all access uh, the, what we see behind the scenes is 
actually what's going on behind the scenes as opposed to staged happenings behind yeah. the scenes. I don't want it to be that, uh, oh, here's how it is backstage at, at AEW and them showing us what they think we want to see. I would rather it be feel more authentic. At least uh, that's my take for it. And is this the right time to do it right after Dynamite? I don't know because, you know, uh, like you said, Justin, the numbers for Dynamite have been sliding a little bit in the last couple yeah. of weeks. So is this something that will have people tuning in or will it make people say, hey, you know what, another hour on Wednesday night, maybe a little too much. You know, we can put, so there are some people who could look at Raw. For example, if you yeah. want to compare it to WWE, the third hour always is their least viewed hour. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what the time. I, I know. I agree. But real quick before, <clears throat> just off of that point, um, one thing to Jimmy's point, I do agree. I don't want this to be staged. That don't make it look hokey. Like use this as a chance to basically as a third hour dynamite, make this a story hour, a storytelling, and make it to where let's see, uh, you know, pick, pick whatever, whoever, Ricky Stark, somebody you're pushing. Let's see them travel to the town the dynamite's in also go because they do they do a lot of community stuff i gotta give them credit on that they do they just, they've, they've taken that initiative just like WWE tries to do they, they, they go to the communities they go to the food banks they go to the schools show ricky going and talking about hey i was bullied and this is why bullying's bad or this is this is what you can do to turn that or show them doing community service show you know, wardlow's a gym rat show wardlow and his it's in his propensity to, to to work out I, do whatever you can do to build stories build talent but to the point jimmy i would say this about that's interesting they're doing this in the month of march dynamite is on tnt now we've seen them get preempted with stuff before rampage was preempted uh, and went on early because of the all-star basketball all-star game last week march is march madness march madness airs all across tnt tbs true tv all of the turner and cbs so i like i'm already envisioning that that dynamite's probably going to get pre like it, it's going to get moved around anyways is that the month that you want to put on a new show yeah see the timing of it again there it is and 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 uh, i don't know who, who's thought it, what it might be a good idea maybe it would have been better to wait a little while anyways yeah. i don't know i don't know what more to add to that because you, you i think you 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 made an excellent point there that i didn't even think about Issa, you in for all access reality show? I don't think it's something that I mean. We have the podcast to do. It's definitely something I'm not going to watch live, right? But um, I think I think it could be a smart move. For example, the fact that they're going to start with Adam Cole and we're going to see his return to the ring, and maybe this show is going to show us what he went through to get to that moment that we just saw. I'm a I'm a sucker for documentaries. I am, and I love WWE puts on some incredible documentaries. So I need to see how it is done before I can tell you. However, I do feel like this announcement could have been an email. You know that saying? You know that saying? This meeting could have been an email. This announcement yeah. could have been an email. Could have been a press release. <laughs> um, but it was the, afterwards too. <laughs> well, but you know what? At the same time, I agree. And I but but at the same time, I also understand like rather than just putting an email in it and then just relying on media companies and media people to put it out there. I mean, use your show to make the announcement. I just, again, I don't know if you need to make that a selling point of the show is we have a major, just, just, just if, if they would have not said that Tony Khan had any announcement and we saw Tony on camera tonight as a surprise. And then he says that I think, it, I think it's a whole different perception. It's a whole different approach. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the fact that like Jimmy mentioned, and we don't even have to start with the rampage ratings, the fact that the show is slipping in the ratings, announcing another show, it, I, again, the timing, like, do you, 
doesn't it feel like the focus should be bringing back some of the viewerships to Dynamite, re, re, getting Rampage to be must-watch television? It just feels like like the priorities might not be where they need to be right now if that's what you want to announce. Yeah, and, and think about it too. They've also talked about you know possibly bringing out ROH as their, its own, uh, having its own show as well. So the, just yeah. you know, compounding the the potential issue of having too much out there. Uh, person's username who is like a. We'll whatever. call him MK. Yeah, MK. Um, okay. I don't know. Uh, he actually is. He actually is correct. I stand corrected. That that the March Madness probably March Madness will affect Rampage, mm-hmm. but uh, probably shouldn't affect Dynamite uh, NCAA tournament. He is right. Usually, uh, in the opening rounds, the first couple rounds is is, is Thursday through Sunday. So oh, yeah, Dynamite. Dynamite shouldn't be touched, um, but Rampage probably will. But Rampage at this point is, I think. I yeah. do think this is great news for them. That must mean that Warner Bros., TBS, TNT are happy. They're giving them another mm-hmm. hour spot. So, I mean, for Dynamite, them as a business, which Tony Khan did mm-hmm. say it was an important business, you know, announcement. Mm-hmm. I do think that does say that this network is happy with them. They wouldn't be giving them another hour if things were shaky. No, and I, I and I believe that because again, we we have to remember this too. We you know while we are all while we put maybe AEW under a microscope because th- that's because we're in the we're in the wrestling commentary business here. Mm-hmm. Um, to still be able to pull nine hundred thousand every single week, and especially if you can hit the, the demo, I mean that's still something that most shows on television don't. You know, and I'm not I'm not talking about your elite shows like your. You know, like when Big Bang was 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 running. Like obviously, those shows are in a whole different story, millions. But most of your weekly programming on TV does not get that kind of consistent number. Pro wrestling does do that. That that is a thing about pro wrestling fan base. But we do. Right. But in the wrestling world, we do. We are looking at like okay, Dynamite. You 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 are having a real problem getting to a million, and then even now you're slipping. And we're watching of the lack of stories, lack of continuity. So you know, we're microscoping it on, in, under wrestling terms. Right. But to a, but to a TV executive. Um, I don't know what Dynamite's costing them, or I don't know what the investment is, or whatever. They, but they, they must be getting the return on the investment. They must be. Yeah. I mean, we are seeing yeah. DraftKings State, but we are seeing regular sponsor. The DraftKings was on the damn ring canvas tonight. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so they must be doing something that the networks are like, okay, this is not a waste of money. We are getting some return. So you know, right. I will say when they did rose to the top. The few episodes that I did catch, the most fascinating part that I thought about that show was seeing some of the behind the scenes. It was a lot of Ricky Starks storytelling mm-hmm. about what happened with his neck. And I was really into that. I love documentaries. Mm-hmm. So I will be watching it, not necessarily live, but it is something that I think I could get into. I need to see how it's edited mm-hmm. and exactly what they're showing us, what's unscripted and all of that first. Yeah, I don't think uh, to that point. I, look, it, to- Total Divas did a lot of things for the for the, the Total Divas kind of intentionally or unintentionally led into the women's revolution uh, for, in the WWE world. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they've been filming. Supposedly, the cameras have been filming backstage behind the scenes of AEW since like November. So I don't. So I, I'm guessing it's going to be a thing of like, we're going to follow certain talents and kind of like how we'd watch Total Divas or Total Bells, or whatever. It's, it's not going to be in sync with. Oh, like we're two weeks away from revolution. No, this might we, might we might be seeing stuff that's taking place again back in November, back in December, and it's just it's more focused on the talent and their personal lives and and, and stuff at home or, or what have you. So, yeah, we'll watch, we'll see, um, we'll see what comes out of it. Yeah. All right, main event time. Uh, John Moxley up against Evil Uno. Evil Uno earlier in the night told Hangman Page, "Do not come out here. I'm doing this on my own." This is a hmm. a, a man in a mask has blood squirting out of his face. 
even with a man in a mask, a John Moxley match cannot avoid mm-hmm. <laughs> the bloodstained canvas that was. And Mox still bled. He got it. He got it. The last like the last minute of the show being on air, but we also got some Moxley blood in there. <laughs> uh, Moxley does get the win with a rear naked choke. This rear naked choke at one point. So they had the rear naked choke on, and again he's ripped some people in his mask. Uh, it do, it did look like. It, look, it did look like the gash that Evil Uno had. Might I don't know if it was real, but the way the blood was coming out, I mean, Moxley was choking, and the blood was coming out, was literally squirting onto his arm. Mm-hmm. Commentary was uh, gasping at it. Mm-hmm. It was quite the visual. Moxley gets the win. He gets to 100 wins in his AEW career. After the match, Dark Order and uh, Blackpool Combat Club are fighting. Out comes Hangman Page to what sounded like new music, which sounded awful. Why, who made that call? Mm-hmm. Horrible. Uh, don't fix what's not broken. Uh, Hangman right. comes out. He's trying to get the buckshot lariat on. Well, he does wrap some barbar bar on his face. Bloody's Moxley open. Then he wants to hit the buckshot lariat, but Moxley slides out like a heel before he could hit it. So, yeah, Blackpool Combat Club, all members. Wheeler, mm-hmm. Claudio, Moxley, feeling like they are positioning themselves on the heel side of the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy, uh, how did this main event come off to you? And are you – we know we know you're watching for MJF versus Brian. Are you watching mm-hmm. for Moxley versus Hangman Page in a Texas deathmatch? Uh, I don't know. First of all, this main event, uh, who going into this main event thought that Evil Uno even had a chance? Uh, don't get me wrong. I know the guy. I, I love Evil Uno. But at the same time, no time during this match that I feel he was going to win. And that is not a good feeling to have going into a main event match. Where in the main event, each you, you should have a, an argument for each participant having an opportunity to win this match or thinking that they at least have a chance. But that being said, again, here we go with uh, Evil Uno squirting blood at the end of the match, Moxley having blood. Everybody's got blood. We had blood earlier in the show with uh, with Jungle Boy. It's it's starting to feel less special. It's just like... It's starting to feel like an emergency room. No, it's starting to feel like, okay, the, the DraftKings is one of their sponsors. One of the, one of the uh, side bets is going to be how long before Mox bleeds in the match. You know, I thought after the finish, I thought, okay, we got through this match without him bleeding. And then all of a sudden we had the aftermath. Again, more aftermath, which is another thing they have an issue with. There's a lot of aftermath after matches. Um, I, I, I don't know. Am I looking forward to this Hangman versus Mox match? They haven't done what MJF and uh, Brian Danielson have been able to do. They haven't got Because they've invested. wrestled each other like three times now. Not only that, they haven't done anything to get me to want to see another match between them. I mean, yes, they've wrestled each other a few times. And if they did something that would get me to go, hey, you know what? I want to see this one more time and see how this turns out. They haven't been able to do that yet. I thought um, the use of blood when MJF or I'm sorry, the use of blood when Jungle Boy was getting his head slammed and the vicious attack by Christian. That that I felt the blood enhanced that moment. I think we're getting to a point now with a Moxley match where it almost feels like it's, it's like a troll job. It almost feels like Moxley is hearing and yes. seeing. It almost it's like he's hearing or seeing, or Tony Khan's hearing or seeing, or both comments like ours, and they're almost just doing it just to screw with us. And they're almost doing it as like, ah, we're gonna make them, we're gonna put blood in the match again. I don't know. Look, I have watch alongs, and in my at least in my channel. We play a game where we take a shot if Moxley bleeds, and he never lets me down. So at least the Malibu is being poured. <laughs> Listen, I questioned the opening match. I also questioned the main event. But I, as I look at the show as a whole, it's like, I don't know that there's a different way that I would have 
book this show that would have made it any more or less interesting. I, you know, this, this, you know, I gotta say this show. Like, like I said, you know, I raved about the Phoenix spot in that Battle Royal. Brian and, and MJS promo really good. Um, you know, Ricky Starks and Jericho. We we talked about some of this yeah, stuff but you don't want to open and close with talking segments. The yeah. best part of the show was the storytelling and the story developing towards Revolution. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago they gave us a show where there was three matches that were pay per view worthy in the show. Tonight, it felt like we built a lot of stories, but there wasn't a lot of in-ring interesting things happening as far as the matches themselves. No, the advertised Maybe matches. Maybe the tag team match could have been the opener. I don't know. The advertised matches going into this all day today. I was looking at this. I'm like, really? I'm like, they're, they're sliding with viewership, and this is the advertised card right. they're giving? Um, do you think that helps, or do you think that hurts the product? I saw that being asked on social media today, and I went back and forward with, do you think that makes people not tuning, or do you think it helps? advertising the card ahead of time like that you're advertising the whole show basically i uh, know no i i i think it is a little bit much i i think I, i'm a believer you know jimmy talks 20 and 10 i'm a believer with promoting sh- with promoting weekly episodic shows now i'm not talking about right not- but monday every wwe episode we get a preview email sometimes a text depending on what you're signed up for and they give you a little bit they don't give you what the whole show is exactly even for, right. even for monday night Raw, they'll put like two matches in their preview what right. you can expect tonight they don't give you the whole show for weekly episodic i'm a believer in like like a 60 40 you know give me give me a, you need to give me something so i i know some things are going to be addressed mm-hmm. But you got. I think you leave some open ended. You leave some mystery so you can tune in and, and figure out, or you know, tell me the story's gonna be addressed, but tell me how, or, or don't tell me how. Just tell me it's gonna be addressed, but then make me find out. Um, right. So I don't know. I, 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 it was it was earlier today when I made the comment to myself that I said earlier, which is I looked at this card, I looked at the show being advertised, and I'm like, again, we're two weeks out from pay per view, and creative has nothing for a guy like a Miro. You know, right. or, or or you know, take several other people that haven't. You know, it's just like what 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 is what is what is what is going on here? Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's, but it's again, priorities. You know, and you know, uh, I, I call it the Wardlow syndrome. Obviously, now it looks like he's going into a program with Samoa Joe. But at the same time, he has a match but, at the pay per view with Samoa right. Joe. But at the same time, this was a guy that looked like he was being conditioned to be the face of the company. Yeah. The last guy to beat MJF, who's your current world champ. Yes. Right. I mean, if MJ, look at this. I'm going to say this right now. If MJF's going to, if he's going to retain the title against Brian, I say you do one of two things. You either quickly get Adam Cole back in the mix, and Adam Cole, who is uh, a red hot baby face, still to the crowd, even though he hasn't even hardly been on the show, and of course hasn't wrestled since last summer because of injury. You either have Adam Cole jump in the mix and have him chase MJF. I think you got a lot of stuff there with MJF and Adam Cole. They're just two dynamic personalities. Uh, the fact that Adam has his real life girlfriend there, MJ. I mean, there's there's a lot of potential for MJF uh, low right. blow f- low blow fodder. Either right. go that route, or mm-hmm. have Wardlow in such a rage kill Joe and have and again we pick back up the Wardlow and MJF because of what right. you just said. He said, I mean, they they need to go. I mean, double or nothing's supposed to be their mania, right? That's like their big show, and it's in May usually, right? May in Vegas. So right. once Revolution's done, they're going to have eight to ten weeks. I mean, what are the biggest matches you can come up with? To me, it would either be that, that you know, that would if MJF's still champion, it would be a red-hot Adam Cole or, uh, again, the history you have with Wardlow and, and pick back up with that. Uh, that would, mm-hmm. you know. 
Yeah, it would be amazing actually if they do Warlow just because that last year everything that went down with Warlow and right. MJF at double or nothing, like the story kind of writes itself. Um, but yeah, it's like I feel like a couple of weeks ago I gave props for the in ring action that they gave us. It was a lot of matches that I was like, I can't even tell you which was match of the night because it was so good, but they're not developing stories. Tonight, I did feel a lot of story development, but not a lot of in-ring action that I care about. So how do we now find the balance to your booking shows that feel balanced and where everything is going on? I can't tell you that I care a lot tonight about what went on in the ring, but a lot of this talking segment, Christian and Jungle Boy, I thought they killed it. MJF and Brian was my favorite thing on the show. Mm-hmm. It was all the Ricky Starks shine tonight. A lot of the talking segments tonight were the highlight point, but you can't open and close the show with just talking segments, right? So how do we balance it? We're getting there, right? Oh, you know, <laughs> now you, we just need to find the, know, the... I will, I will, I will disagree with you a little bit because uh, I wouldn't do it every week, but you can open and close the show with yeah. really good. If they're this good as they yeah. did tonight, yeah, I exactly, agree exactly. Yeah. That's why it can't happen every week. I agree. It right. can't happen on occasion. I agree. You can open and close because we're just talking about the TV show. They 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 tape Rampage and Dark and all this other stuff. So you're going to give the audience other things. You're going to give the audience action to go home to. So I think for the TV, if it if it's if it makes the most sense formatting wise to start and finish with two hot talking segments, go that route. Yeah, but you have to put something in the middle that's in the ring that's still good. You know, like, again, it's just a balance. Like Jimmy was just saying, what I was just saying, it's just let's find the balance because it feels like we are getting there. We should have gotten there a little bit before, a week before, week and a half before the pay-per-view, right? But, okay, we still have a couple of pay-per-views to build, too. Let's find the right balance where we're just bringing all of that together in one show. Uh, Antonio, I meant to get to this uh, a few minutes ago. We were at this. Uh, thank you for patiently sent this about an hour ago. Uh, Antonio with the super chat it was the first one of the night. Ten dollars. Thank you, Antonio. Saying, "Who says Tony Khan doesn't watch this? You said you wanted a show that gives you behind the scenes access and expand on the stories. He's giving you what you said you wanted the next day. Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, look. I, again, I, it's it's an extra hour on TV to have their talent and properties out there." Mm-hmm. I, I can't really find a bad spin on that. I, I would just say, uh, I just hope it's like Jimmy said, I don't, don't stage it. Let it, <clears throat> let it be organic, but this could be a chance. If dynamite is only two hours and he's determined to have X, X amount of matches on dynamite, this would be an extra chance to try to get stories of personalities and such told. Now, mm-hmm. if only 800,000 people are watching dynamite, I don't know how many people are going to hang around to watch this. I don't know what the kind of numbers this is going to get. So mm-hmm. we'll see. It might end up being, it's just the AEW diehards that watch this. They're already invested anyway, so it might not matter. I don't know. Um, you know, to- I keep referencing Total Divas. Total Divas was a, a home run hit for WWE because Total Divas reached an entire new demographic. When Total Divas was coming out, yeah, but they were I, very I, smart about the way they did it. They went to E Network. They went after a whole different audience. Correct. Like, exactly. Exactly. You know. Correct. Correct. You're right. Uh, you're right. You're right. They did. And but I'm saying Total Divas got a whole new demo. I ran into females in in, in life. Who? Oh, you you work with pro wrestling? I don't watch Raw, but I love that. Whatever. I still but do. You, but you're right. They went to E. They went to a. They went to an audience in a in a time slot and, and channel that catered to that. I don't know TBS at ten o'clock on a Wednesday night. You're probably just going to get the AEW diehards, but who knows? 
Right. But, I still do. I still get that. I still get people that say, oh, you cover wrestling. What about, are the Bellas still wrestling? Like, you still yes. get so many mm-hmm. people. Like, and, and the Bellas were able to build an empire from their fan base, including mm-hmm. uh, spinoffs just for themselves from the fan base that they gained from Total Divas. But it went to a different network, and it felt like a different show to the point that if you watch Total Divas, mm-hmm. sometimes it made it hard to watch the the total divas if you watch the wrestling shows because the storylines were so far back that it was like so disconnected but um i think aw has the opportunity to do something here i just i i I can't give you what i think about it i need to see the first episode but i think starting with adam cole having his return to the ring Mm -hmm. if this all access show is going to cover what it took to get to that moment i really think it could be compelling and we could really build some people from it i'm gonna uh, I'm going to say what we always say in wrestling. I'm going to let it play out. <laughs> mm-hmm. let it play Give it out. a chance. Give it a chance, and then we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Let it play out. All right. Well, we'll be watching for that on Mondays. I guess, like I said, we're, we're on the air. I think, Miro, I think Miro was featured more on Total Divas than he has been on Dynamite. <laughs> I, I think that's exactly correct. <laughs> uh, it's absolutely true. Um, he's on like, that uh, note. <laughs> and he's like signed to a contract till 2026. Good lord. Five years. Five years. Mm-hmm. Last I heard. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Good for him. Good call. Had a boy. Hey, from a business standpoint, it's getting paid. Work. Yeah. Problem is, you're getting paid, but your body doesn't get any younger. You know, father time. You're just sitting around. Mm-hmm. Whatever. He's married to Lana. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, final plugs. Isa, go ahead. Uh, NYC Demon Diva on YouTube. You guys can find me here on Wednesdays, Tuesdays, and Fridays. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I had to call you on this. <laughs> Jimmy, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, like Isa, you can find me here on Wednesday nights with you two and uh, also on Monday nights uh, following Raw. And you can find me on all my social media platforms doing my ref and rants from Monday to Friday, having a little fun there. And also doing Wednesdays with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner and RJ. Uh, the Reffing It Up podcast. Brian Hebner, fellow Washington football fan. Mm-hmm. Um, check me out on social media at Justin Labar across Twitter and Instagram. I got uh, I did I did a fun conversation today with Liv Morgan. Uh, started releasing clips on social for that. First one's out. You can check it out. Um, she's she's a lot of fun. Um, check that out. Um, here every Monday and Wednesday night on the podcast after Raw after Dynamite. No spar with Labar this Friday. I had to tell oh. Gabby and them this Friday morning's not going to work out. Uh, but I'll be back probably the week after that. So, okay. uh, taking a week off from my sparring session uh, at Justin Labar. Like I said, across the socials, across the socials, uh, like, subscribe, comment, do what you got to do. Support the podcast. Support each other. Be nice to each other. Uh, uh, that's it. Have a good night. And I believe Raj and Jack Farmer are back on some on Thursday nights. They're they're like mm-hmm. they're like money investing with you and, and telling yeah. you how to how to protect your money. So they're here <laughs> tomorrow night. We got of course SmackDown on Friday night. Never a dull night here on Wrestling Inc. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment. We'll see you next week. Thank you.